Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we continue this series that we've been in this summer on the fruit of the Spirit. I think it's going to be a super timely series in our lives, and I am so honored that you took time to watch with us. So you may be at home, you may be in your living room, on your back porch, you may be sitting at a ball field this morning, you may be on vacation, wherever you are, thank you for joining in with us. What we're excited about is not only joining with you this morning, but to say here in a couple weeks, we're going to welcome you back to our campus. We are so excited to open our physical campus doors. We've been online the whole the whole time, but opening back up our campus. So to get more information about that July 12th opening, you can go to northstarchurch.org slash welcome dash back. And it has all the information about seating. We're going to be very limited in our seating, so make sure and go on. And we're doing that so we don't have a 1,000 people show up for 100 seats. And so we we want you to go ahead and get, get all that information. It's going to be out there, and they'll open up that seating a week or two out. But we're really, really excited about getting everybody welcomed back to our campus. And to see your faces is going to be so good. Our staff has done such an amazing job during this time carrying this, and we're just ready to see you again, and it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, I want you to do me a favor this morning. I want you to take your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be. So if you've got your North Star Church app, North Star Church Georgia. If you've never downloaded it, download that app. All the notes are going to be right there for you. If you're on the website, I know that there's also notes area. Make sure you've got it or you got your physical Bible out to circle and write. Today we're going to talk about when Paul said the word peace, this is what peace looks like lived out, right? So the fruits of the Spirit that are mentioned by walking with Jesus daily. So let's talk about this. Remember, these fruit, these fruits that we're going to talk about over these weeks aren't things you just manufacture. They are not achieved. They are received by walking with Jesus daily. Every day, connecting your life with his life and walking towards him produces these things. And we talked about love a few weeks ago. Last week, we talked about joy. We talked about, uh, today we're going to talk about peace. So you're like, Mike, are those really that big a deal? So last night, I stood in Rockmark, Georgia and did a, did a wedding for a little couple. And I thought about this while I was standing. It's dangerous, the things you think about when you're in other places. But I was thinking about this morning while I'm standing there with this couple last night. And I'm thinking, for them to have a great marriage, can you imagine if their marriage was full of Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That'd be a great marriage, wouldn't it? Well, how does that happen? It happens when you walk with Jesus daily. You, you receive these fruits out of your life by walking with him. Here's what I know. We all want peace and we all need peace, right? We all want it and we all need it because here's the deal. You are going to walk through storms, unexpected ones. They come out of the blue. They, they rise up on you and you're like, Mike, what kind of storms are you talking about? You're talking about just physical, earthly storms like thunderstorms? Well, yeah, there's thunderstorms, but there's some other kinds of storms we walk, walk through, right? We, we walk through situational storms, 
those storms that are drawn out by our circumstances, a job loss, um, things we didn't see coming that, that we walk through in life, car accidents, a tornado that hits. Those are situational storms. There's also relational storms, our marriage, our kids, family crisis that we walk through. And then there's emotional storms. It's grief and fear and anxiety. There's all kinds of storms that we walk through. Don't you pray that in the middle of those storms, we find this word, peace. So at the top of your outline today, I want you to type in these words or write them in. A lot of you printed it out. I want you to write it in. I want you to write the word still. How in the world... When our life is sitting here and there are storms raging around us of all kinds, right? Emotional storms, relational storms, situational storms, all these storms are happening around us. How can we find stillness or peace in the middle of it? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, I don't know how everybody gathered up with us this morning. Father, I don't know their backgrounds. I don't know their stories. Don't know their situations. But I know you do. God, may we leave our time this morning. May we finish our time this morning by knowing that our circumstances may not have changed. But who we are in the middle of them Sure did. So God, speak to us. Talk to us. Pull up a chair into our lives. And God, may we hear from you today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So let's start reading Mark chapter 4. We're going to start reading in verse 35. At any point that I'm saying something you're not reading, just, just look up because we'll, we'll chat a little bit about it because I want the story to capture the essence of why this piece is such a big deal. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. So know this. So he's with his 12 disciples. They have been doing ministry. They've been watching miracles. And Jesus said, hey, I want to take us to the other side. Where they were going was Jesus' idea, not the disciples'. So the disciples did not look at Jesus and go, hey, Jesus, I think we want to run across the lake and, and go to Whataburger. There's a great Whataburger over there. We want to get across the lake. That's not how it happened. How it happened was Jesus said to them, hey, guys, I think we ought to go to the other side. Now, these guys, most of them had grown up on the water. Most likely they're getting into Simon Peter's boat. It's not something they're not used to. Sailing at night, going at night was not something they weren't used to. Pick up the story. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. So there were some other boats coming along. Look at what happens in verse 37. And a great windstorm arose. So this is literally, if you were to pull out what that meant, it means there was a raging, furious 
storm. You ever live through one of those storms that it rattles your house? It shakes your house? Storms during the day are bad. I hate storms at night, right? I mean, that wake you up, that clap of thunder, that bolt of lightning that hits. Can you imagine being out on the water? Now, I'm sure it's not the first storm these guys have ridden through, but this one evidently was different because they remembered it. And when this great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking, I want you to circle this little phrase because it makes the whole thing make sense, breaking into the boat. So it's not like there was a little bit trickling over. These waves are causing the boat to get full because look at what it says next. And the boat was already Filling. So I, I'm, not a, I'm not a yachtsman. I'm not a sailor. I will rent a boat maybe once a year at the lakes. I'm really not, don't get out on the water a lot. I just know this. Water is always supposed to be on the outside, not the inside. I do know that. I am wise enough to know that. And these guys know, guys, we're filling up. And what happens when there's too much? You are going to do what? You are going to sink. And they're freaking out. And they are flipping. And they're used to being on water. Look at what happened. But, it's interesting how they noted that there. He, Jesus, was in the stern. So, yes or no? Was Jesus on the boat? Yes. Did they know where he was? Yes. So, down in the hall, that cabin area, look at what it says. He was asleep on the cushion. These guys are bailing themselves to security. And Jesus is sound asleep on the cushion. Now, I don't know everything that was said by the murmurings of these disciples, but I know if you and I had been on that boat, we'd have had some things to say. Look at, look at what it says. Teacher, this is so good. Do you not, to circle this next word, care about what we're going through, that we are perishing? Jesus, I know you love us. I know you've got us. I know you created us. But the storm is telling me you don't care. You ever react that way during a storm? When you're quietness is interrupted. It's not even a peace. We found out it's not a peace. Your quietness is interrupted and you're like, Jesus, do you not see what I'm going through? Do you not see what I'm facing? Do you not know the stress I'm under? Do you not know the things that are happening? And look at what happens. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and the sea and he said, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and they said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey? See, here's what I can't tell you today. I can't tell you by walking with Jesus, you will not face storms. In fact, I would tell you just the opposite. But what I can tell you is there's some lessons to learn about peace when you're walking through those storms. Principle number one, we need the fruit of peace in our lives because 
obedience will often disrupt our comfort. Obedience will often disrupt our comfort, meaning this. Sometimes he's the one that puts you in the boat. The family crisis that you're going through, you thought God led you to your spouse. You thought by having children, your life would be more fulfilled and yet they're causing problems. You thought he led you to that job that you were just informed by your employer that you no longer have. You thought that, right? Sometimes obedience us doing what he tells us to do sometimes disrupts our comfort. And on that day, when evening came, it was Jesus' idea when he said, let us go to the other side. Why in the world does our obedience disrupt our comfort? I want you to write this down. Because we never grow in our comfort, right? We never grow in our comfort. So this week in Cobb County and Paulding County, local high school football players get to go back to workouts this week with smaller groups. And, and Casey and I were talking about it last night. And many of these boys have been comfortable for two, three months. And now they're going to have to work out again. And they're going to have to get in the weight room again. And they're going to have somebody pushing them. And they are not going to, they're going to find out they did not grow in their comfort. Nor do we grow spiritually in our comfort. I want you to write this little thought down. Her old preacher said at one time, God is more concerned with our character than our comfort. Sometimes our obedience pushes us out. See, these guys would have told you, oh, we've got a great faith in Jesus. We left our occupations to follow him. But the minute the storm arose, the storm was bigger than their faith. Does that ever happen to you? Happens to me all the time. Storms expose it, don't they? And sometimes when obedience causes the storm, we begin to question, did I do the right thing? Was I walking the right place? Because in our minds, when we're doing the right thing with the Lord, life ought to be easy and life ought to be calm and life ought to be simple. And it's just not the way that it is. Obedience. Second part is about the peace in the middle. Fear distracts our focus. Fear distracts our focus. Look at what it says there. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking in the boat so that the boat was already filling. The one that they said they were giving up their life to follow is right there. But in that moment, the wind and the waves was bigger than the Jesus that was in the stern of the boat. And fear distracted their focus. And this was said in our sermon planning time the other day. Fear not only distracted, fear distorted their focus. You ever been in a, in a rainstorm and you're driving? And I mean, it's one of those rip-roaring, pouring thunderstorms and you can't see, your wipers can't work and, and you're, it's distorting your focus? Storms do that to us, don't they? That storm hits you out of left field. You weren't prepared for it. And all of a sudden, you don't see like you saw before and you're distracted more than you were before. These guys 
lost their focus. Now, here's, here's the irony. Irony is, I think if we could have, you ever watch the Weather Channel like when a hurricane's coming ashore and they've got, the, they've got the Weather Channel crew and they're down there and they've got their big rain jackets on and they're pulled up and they're fighting the wind and they're interviewing people out there. Thankful I don't have that job. But they're out there and they're doing that. Can you imagine being on the boat? I bet if, if you could have gotten up to Simon Peter, you could have gotten up to one of the other disciples and said, do you still believe that Jesus is the Son of God? They would have said, oh, absolutely, absolutely, I do. But yet in that moment, the storm got bigger than their Jesus. All right, time out real quick. Has that ever happened to you? Fear distorts and distracts your focus because your storm says so much. I wrote this down this morning. Peace says my boat may be filling up, but I know the one that's in my boat is greater than circumstances outside and filling up my boat. You know, every week here at North Star, when life resumes and you're sitting around people here, sitting beside you are people that are walking through storms and you never knew it. Today, I want you to hear from one of those couples, one of my favorite couples. And I want you to hear about the storm that they've walked through and what they found out about peace in the middle of it. Check it out, would you? It's hard to formulate your theology in a storm. Like when storms hit, it's just like you're reacting. Like, what do I believe? What do I know? What do I think? Um, all the things you've done kind of leading up to it, you're thrown into that. So um, uh, something like that, that was so emergency traumatic, you know, you just have to lean on like what, what is in there? Like, do we trust that God is with us? Do we trust that um, he is going to work things out for good and that he's in control was something that we had to really lean on in the times that it was really scary and concerning. I remember us talking and really praying and saying, well, God's already spoken to us. He's already given us his word. He's already given us his promises. Uh, one of the verses that still, still just I uh, hang on to Isaiah 43 that says, when you go through the waters, they won't overtake you. When you pass through the fire, they won't consume you because I'm with you. And, um, and those were the kinds of promises that we were clinging to, just reminding ourselves, yes, we, we believe that 
she's got a destiny, but, but not just because we had some experience, but because God's proven himself. What we have had to learn is how to let God do his part and who he is and let those times where you are encouraged and you are seeing him move and you know that like only God could do this. Like build up that faithfulness file so that when you're having those times where it's hard or it's challenging or um, you know just the ups and downs we all can feel in our own lives or in the world or in circumstances that those are the moments that we can draw back on his faithfulness. But also it was really just being honest to say, God, I, I just need you. And and there's been times like that that is that's my whole prayer. Nothing profound, nothing magnificent, or that I'm telling everyone about. It's just, God, I need you. And and to watch over and over again, He's shown up. Jesus is a solid rock and He's a foundation. And He's the one who says, I'm with you. It's gonna be okay. And so we have to trust that. So my challenge is. Don't give in to that. Don't, don't build your life on something unstable. Build your life on something that will actually last, stand the test of time. And to me, that's clearly Jesus himself. I love that passage in Isaiah that Sterling mentioned. When you walk through the waters, I'll be there. You think about that. Think about, so, you know, churches all over America, it's a weird summer because normally they're doing vacation Bible school, right? I mean, churches in the smallest of towns, having the kids come in and they're learning stories. David and Goliath. We only got the story because David walked out in that field. Daniel in the lion's den. God rescued him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. We know the end of all those stories, but if we were to pause them in the middle of them, you're like, God's really letting those three boys that are trying to stand up for him get thrown into a fiery furnace because they're trying to stand up for him? Yeah, because sometimes that waiting time for God often challenges our faith. So these guys on that boat, they would have told you getting on their boat, oh yeah, man, my faith's awesome. I'm growing. I, I just watched Jesus do these miracles. And then the storm hits, and I think they gave him a little time to respond, and he wasn't responding, and they go down and they, they wake him up. Jesus, listen, you know what we're going through? And he, peace be still, and the, and the waves calm, but in the middle of that, they found out a lot about their faith. See, when I pray, for me and my family, for our staff, many of them are sitting in the room this morning. I pray for them. I, I don't pray, okay, God, grow them and develop them and take them through the fiery furnace, right? I don't do that. I pray, God, protect us and walk with us. But we all learn. Sometimes it's in that waiting that God grows our faith. And in the middle of it, 
we find peace. See, see, when we get things in alignment, the stillness comes. Circumstances don't change. So maybe, maybe this will help. 2018 was an eventful year in the Lynch household. We sold a home that had been the home we raised our kids in. We moved in in 2000. Uh, Casey was entering first grade, and we spent the next 18 years in that house. I mean, we had some great days, and we had some hard days, and we had we had the we had the little uh, the little area outside the kitchen where we measured them growing up. You know, there on the door frame, and it was awesome. It was just a, it was our home for those years, but. The kids are gone, they're out, and we were ready for something new. And, and uh, Ann had been watching this little cottage, this little farmhouse over uh, here in Ackworth. And she'd driven by it all these years. So if it ever comes for sale, I want us to look at it. And the, the day it came up, we were there that night with some good friends here at North Star, some realtors. We were there that night. And we walked in, and, and she's, she said, this is it. So I said, okay. We cut the cord. We sold our house. We renovated it, did some things to the house and the yard. And in uh, November of 2018, we moved in that house and, and it was built in 72 when we knew that there was some stuff that it needed and some work that it needed. And I remember I was, uh, I don't even remember the date, but I, I know I was in uh, Hiram over at Westridge at a meeting and it was storming. I mean, rip-roaring, pouring down. If you remember that fall, it rained all the time. And our yard's a disaster. I mean, we pulled up trees and, and it just was a muddy mess there at the house. And I remember my phone goes off and it's Ann calling. So I hit the little, hey, call you in a second in a meeting. And she sends back, call ASAP, emergency. And so I step out of the meeting call her and and Ann doesn't freak out and she was freaking out and she said our basement is not flooding our basement is flooded and I remember I, so you and I you know I'm not a I'm not a fix-it guy but I do know this water's better on the outside than the inside so I got a big problem and so I'm driving home calling a restaurant it's crazy part a guy in that meeting owns a restoration company and so he called his crew and we got home and what happened was we had the way our house is laid up but we had this little sump pump is a yay big I've never had a sump pump and I don't need anything mechanical around my house and so it was a little sump pump about yay big and underground water was getting in and it was shutting the sump pump off and our little area there was filling up and it was coming in the house and it was awful so we shot back it out we fixed sump pump we shot back it out but I'm telling you every time it rained we would be up I'd hear Ann, boom, she's up, 2 o'clock in the morning, and she's going outside with a flashlight to look down in that little area where the sump pump is. And sure enough, but that thing would quit again, and we'd have to go down there and, and fix it. and do. I mean, it was crazy. And here's what I will tell you. We never rested. We never rested. If we knew it was about to rain, boy, our hearts would start to get anxious. And I'd be telling her, baby, it's going to be okay. And I'm out there with my flashlight, right? Because I was terrified. I'm terrified. I don't want to flood. I don't want to flood again. Did we make a mistake? We thought God led us here. We wanted to use this house for him. And here I am taking on water. The two good friends at Norster, West Buchanan and Jerry Bonner, 
came over one day and they brought a guy with them and they put in a pump that's yay big. And I remember standing there and this guy goes, I can't tell you what the storm's gonna do. And I can't tell you where the water's gonna come from, but I can tell you this, you're ready for the storm. You'll never have water in your basement again. I can't tell you how many times this spring it rained, we didn't wake up. You know why? We knew we were ready. There was a stillness in the storm. See, look at your last point. The storm that day wasn't on the lake. The storm Jesus was concerned about that day was in their hearts. Were they ready? Because here's what he knew. That was minor to what it was going to be like later when he was gone. And they were losing their lives for their faith. So he had to develop them in the storm. All right, look at me this morning. You're not out on an island. God has not forgotten you. God knows right where you are and he knows exactly what you're going through. And I know this. If you will walk with him daily, it will not protect you from walking through the storm. But you can have stillness in the storm because you know he's with you. And you know with one command, peace be still. Your storm can be silenced. And you just trust him and you walk with him. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for your word. Boy, it's so relevant. <laughs> I don't know uh, where everybody's at this morning, but I have a feeling there's a lot of people walking through some type of storm. But as Larry said earlier, if you're not in one now, there's one coming. The question isn't the storm. The question is, is your heart his every day? Maybe you're watching today and you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus, but I want to. I want you to type right there in the chat room, right where you're at right now. You've got people walking with you online. I want you to type, I need Jesus, and they will walk with you and tell you how to do that. God, what an honor. we got a pastor online right now that can help you. I need Jesus in my boat. Mm. Mm. Maybe today you're a believer, you're like me, and boy, you're, you're, living in, you're living your life with a flashlight at two o'clock in the morning to see if you're taking on water. There's no peace, there's no stillness. You know that you're not prepared for these storms in your faith. Would you say, Jesus? I wanna walk with you every day so I can trust you more. Would you just take a second and talk to him?